Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive. Amen. What a glorious, gorgeous morning we have outside today. Let's stand and praise our King. Hallelujah. Stay in history. Death is beaten. You have rescued me. Sing it out. Jesus is alive. The empty cross, the empty grave. Life eternal. You have won the day. Shout it out. Jesus is alive. Yes, he is. He's alive. Jesus, you are mine. You restored perfect peace. Heard the pain finally will cease. Shout it out, Jesus is alive.
hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise in this place. Come on, somebody shout, Jesus! Jesus! Okay, listen, you guys have a seat. I have a gift that we want to give you today. We're going to pass out a cross to you, so the ushers are going to, in this basket, want you to get it and just pass it on down and um, and take one of those crosses. How many of you know that we've been talking about the mission of Jesus? Say, mission of Jesus. We've been talking about the mission of Jesus. So as the ushers get those crosses to you, I want you to begin to look at it. I want you to look at it closely. Oh, uh, we began to start talking about the mission of Jesus. And I, I want you to know I've got a cross this morning too. I'm going to hold that in my hand. And today, as we do this, I want us to begin to look at this. But we're going to have a time of celebration today. But first of all, I want to talk a little bit about it, pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago and then last Sunday. How many of you know last Sunday was the time where Jesus came into Jerusalem? How many of you know it was the time where they were shouting, Hosanna, save us now. And they thought Jesus was going to come in and he was going to be the king to take over Rome. And then this final week, which we stepped into, many of you that participated in that, the scriptures that we sent out for you to be able to read every single day. Approximately 1,986 years ago today, this morning, we're beginning to set that time in that place. Last This past Monday, we saw that it was the final week on Monday and what took place, and Tuesday and what took place. And Tuesday afternoon, a very important thing, Jesus continued to talk about <clears throat> the crucifixion. He had talked about it on four different occasions before it took place. He talked to the disciples about what it was going to take for him that he was going to have to suffer. And then on the final week, how many of you know, on Wednesday, they went to the upper room. Jesus gave the final discourse, and the final discourse in which he gave was all about love. It wasn't about condemnation. It wasn't about sin. And it wasn't about rules and regulations. It was about Love. And then the betrayal and the arrest took place on Wednesday night. Why do we know that it was Wednesday night? Because Jesus said himself that he was to spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So if we were to go back 1,986 years ago, approximately today, we know that today is the day of his resurrection. But on Wednesday night, he stood before the Sanhedrin and there was a trial that took place. Then they moved him to Pontius Pilate, and there was a trial that took place. And how many of you know then the crucifixion of Jesus took place? So if everybody got a cross, I just want you to look at this. I want you to see this. This is the cross, and it says many different things in many different ways. How many of you know that Jesus said that you'll have to take up your cross and follow me? Many of us have taken up a cross I don't know what it is that's going on in your life, what the issues that are against you or the things that you have to overcome. But I want you to know that because of this cross, because of the vertical and the horizontal, when we get the horizontal, we get the vertical right, the horizontal will come, and that is our cross. So throughout our time for the next little while, please continue to look at that cross and remember Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus. Then we, after the crucifixion, came the burial. Say the burial. Come on, everybody, say the burial. 
the burial of Jesus. And a lot of times this season we focus so much on the crucifixion and how hurtful and shameful. It's the worst crucifixion, the worst way to die. The Roman soldiers had set it up that way. That that was the worst way to die in the world. You name it, that was the worst way to die through the crucifixion. And then there is Joseph. Joseph was part of the Sanhedrin. Joseph was obviously a believer and a follower of Christ. How many of you know... They may not, he may not have known, let them know in public, but when Jesus died, he wanted the proper burial for Jesus. There was also another man that was part of the Sanhedrin, and his name was Nicodemus. Many of you see Nicodemus in John chapter 3, where Nicodemus came to the disciples, and he came to Jesus, and it was an early in the morning thing, and he was talking about the kingdom of heaven. And obviously he said, what can I do to inherit this kingdom of God? And Jesus said, unless you are born again, you can't even see the kingdom. Nicodemus was also involved. Then there was Jesus and his burial. Then the soldiers they put to guard the tomb. So I want you to sense now, in this quietness and anticipation of this morning that we step into. This is an ultimate miracle. And I don't know about you, but I know that I've lived 55 years and have never had snow on Easter that I can remember that covered the ground. I shared this morning that there was this is a prophetic act that God has blessed us. And he said, look, I'm going to cover your sins and I'm going to purify you as what? White as snow. So that's a prophetic act. So we're able to walk in that. And to me, that's part of a miracle of what's taken place today. So sense now with me this quietness and anticipation as I read through what took place this morning. There was a violent earthquake and the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the tomb and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were afraid of him, so they shook. And he became like dead men when the Sabbath was over. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Shalom, they bought uh, Salome, they brought spices that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. If you want to close your eyes and just begin to picture that, feel free to do that. They asked each other, who will roll away the tomb to the entrance? When they looked up, they saw the stone. It was very large and it was rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, a Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell the disciple Peter and Peter. He is going ahead into Jerusalem, into Galilee, and they will see him there just as he told you. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in the clothes and gleamed like lightning stood beside them, and the fright of the women bowed down to their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day, rise again. Oh, then they remembered his words. Trembling and bewildered, 
the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So Mary, Mary Magdala, came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. And he said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. and We don't know where they've put him. So Jesus and the other disciple started from the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over. He looked in at the strips of linen. They were lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and he went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there while the burial cloth had been around Jesus' head. But the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. That's an important point I want to expand here in just a moment. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to raise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. When Jesus rose early in that first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw the two angels in the white seated there where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, where have they carried him away? Tell me where they put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Obviously, it was a sound that she had heard before. Obviously, it was the sound of her good shepherd. Obviously, it was a sound that when she heard it, something happened to her. Jesus said, Mary. She turned toward him. And she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I've not not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. He was beginning to identify and saying, just because I'm leaving, I'm going to my Father, but he's also your Father. I'm going to my God, but he's also your God. That was very significant. The woman hurried away from the tomb, yet filled with joy, she ran to the disciples to tell them. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There I will see them. While the woman were on their way, Some of the guards went into the city and they reported to the chief priests everything that that had happened. When the chief priests had met the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to stay here and you are to say that his disciples came during the night and stole him away while they were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, it will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And the story has been 
widely circulated among the Jews, and I would say among the world even today. And this is what the world is going to say, that, they, that somebody came in and stole the body. Well, let me ask you a question. If somebody came in and quickly moved that stone out of the way and took that body out, then how did the shroud stay where it was? What about the napkin or the linen cloth that was put over Jesus' head was folded or rolled up and set in the tomb? He was laid in a new tomb. In 2000, I got the opportunity to go to that tomb, and I got the opportunity to look in. Did you know, and I learned this many years ago, just a proper etiquette, and even the the Jewish tradition, that if you were having a meal, and you were to get up and leave that meal, and you were coming back, you would take your napkin, and you would roll it or fold it, and put it by your place setting, and that way the servants knew that, guess what? You were coming back. Jesus took this shroud, this napkin, this, and it was folded or rolled, and it was placed in the tomb. And how many of you know it was a prophetic symbol saying, I'm coming back. I'm going to return. So today is a day of celebration. So 1,000, approximately 1,986 years ago today, Jesus rose from the dead. He put to dispute, filled all the prophetic words that were about him, overcame, overcame the sin, your sin, my sin, sins of past generations, past, present, and future. So I want you just to take a moment and begin to look at that cross because we all have a cross to bear. There's all situations in our life that we have trouble getting over. Maybe there's some emotional things going on in your life. Maybe there's some spiritual things going on in your life. Maybe there's doubt or maybe there's guilt or shame. Or maybe as you look at the cross, you can begin to see that Christ died for you, that he came and set things right. He came and satisfied all the requirements of the law, and now we operate By God's grace. I want you to know that today. He is risen. I want you to know today. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the father. Jesus had to leave. So the Holy Spirit could come. And now the next few days. Or actually the next 40 days. Or 50 till Pentecost. Because there was a time where he came back for 40 days. And he taught the disciples. There was 10 days in there from Pentecost. And then the Pentecost took place in Acts chapter 2. You can read all this. I want you to know this is not a made up for TV movie. I want you to know this is not a fable or a story. I want you to know it's proven historical fact. That Jesus rose from the dead. Oh, come on, somebody. It's proven historical fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive. He is alive. And he's living in me. He's living in you. And we want to celebrate God today. So I'm asking you, if you can, stand to your feet. We're going we're gonna to have the worship team. Let's just take a few moments and let's celebrate our Lord and Savior. Can I have somebody say, Jesus is alive. Come on, everybody. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord today.
worship you today. We thank you, God. We celebrate you, Jesus.
just want you to look at the cross you can be seated if you want to just take a few moments and look at the cross today is about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ every sin every transgression every iniquity look at the cross every mistake that you've ever made in your life every wrong word you've said everything that you've done every the things that you thought just take a moment and look at the cross he shed his blood for you, just for you. Just look at the cross and know that when he was on that cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished. What about your pains? What about your hurts? Just look at the cross a moment. What about our failures and what about our successes? Just look at the cross. What about our families and what about our friends? He paid the price for everyone. Boys and girls, men and women, sinners and saints, sons and daughters. Just look at the cross. He said it is finished. The final step, the final thing. He was the Lamb of God who was slain. The Bible says even before the beginning of the foundation of the earth, God had you in mind. 
He had you in mind. Just say that to yourself. Say, God had me in mind. Just say it again. God had me in mind. He had me in mind. I'm not good enough. I can't do good enough. I can't be good enough. I can't pay enough money. I can't do enough good deeds that will satisfy what Jesus was able to satisfy on the cross. And I see my cross and I look at it and I can, I can see the words just finished on it. It's finished. It's finished. We call it the finished work of Jesus. Are you here today and maybe you, you've stepped away from God and just look at the cross and he did it just for you. Many of us have said, you know, if you were the only one he would have done it for, he would have done it for you. Maybe you feel like you've strayed. Maybe you feel like you've stepped away. Maybe you feel like you haven't been connected to God. Just look at the cross and know that you're connected. God wants you to reconnect today. Do you know what I see on my cross? I also see forgiveness. Can you see it on yours? That he's forgiven us. He's forgiven us even before we've asked for forgiveness. But is there some things today that you might just need to say, God, forgive me of. And just give it to him today. Some of us are dealing with hurt and some of us are dealing with pain. Some of us are dealing with guilt and some of us are dealing with shame. Our lives are a mess and we don't know what to do. But I want you to know that he shed his blood for you. So today is a day that he's risen. Today is a day of new beginnings. He's bringing in a new covenant, a new testament, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. The word says that you have a new spirit, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, that the old has passed away and the new has come. It's a new beginning today. Are you ready for a new beginning in your life today? Then look at the cross. The cross points us to Jesus. He shed his blood for us. It was the final atonement for sin. And he did that for you. No longer does the priest have to go into the Holy of Holies once a year. The veil was torn and you have free access to God. You have the freedom to go to him today. You have the freedom to go to him right now. You have the freedom to go to him this afternoon. You have the freedom to go to him tomorrow, tomorrow morning, tomorrow evening, the next week, next year. You have the freedom and the access to access him right now. He's not on hold. That's the cross. I want to pray for you this morning. I want you to pray for me. God, as we look at this cross, we know that Jesus is not there. We can look at the tomb and we know that it's empty. But some people have empty hearts. that need to be filled today.
So, Father, fill those hearts. Fill those void places. Fill those things that, God, that they've run after other things, and it's you that they need. Father, give encounters of your love. Give encounters of your grace. Give encounters of your mercy. Father, we love you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for being that sacrificial lamb. Thank you for doing something that I can't do on my own. I just begin to receive his goodness today. Just begin to receive his grace today. His unmerited, undeserved favor. Begin to receive his mercy. The penalty when we know that we've done something wrong and we should receive it. He gives us mercy. So I pray for you. I pray for you to forget the past, not let those things hold you back, but to know you have a future, a new beginning, because he is risen. He is risen. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Look at me just a moment. Take a deep breath. It can get heavy to me sometimes in here. But how about if we just give the Lord a mighty clap of praise? Let's just give him a hand clap of praise today. He is worthy today. If you're here this morning, we are, we're going to be taking communion here in just a little bit. So sometimes some of you take communion during our meeting and greeting time or during that time. Just hold off a moment. Welcome to Living Word Fellowship Church. We want you to get out of your seats, meet and greet somebody this morning, say hello to somebody this morning, and and uh, and Shelly's going to be up in just a few minutes. A couple minutes on the clock, turn to somebody and tell them that you are blessed and that God has risen. Tell them that he has risen. Amen. Get out of your seats and meet and greet somebody this morning. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Our sins are washed away. White as snow. Amen. That snow may be gone by the time we get out here, but (laughs) we had a little bit this morning. Well, right quick, I know we've got, I mean, it's already been awesome. Amen. Because uh, we're celebrating Jesus and what he's done for us. Amen. Um, Wednesday night, we start our new set of small groups. So right back here is the sign-up table on both sides. You can sign up, so make sure you sign up and come on Wednesday night. We have the Overcoming Life, Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship, the School of Signs and Wonders, the Hurt Pocket, and I Am Joseph. So uh, get get signed up for that. Pastor Virginia is doing the School of Signs and Wonders. Imagine that. I'm doing the Hurt Pocket, and I Am Joseph. And Christy is doing Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. And Bobby and Courtney Gaynor are doing The Overcoming Life. So we're excited about that. We have our children coming in here. They're going to join us here. So we're excited to have them. Um, Also, Bountiful Offering that we do every year is going to be April the 10th. So just be seeking the Lord uh, for the seed that he desires for you to sow. Amen. So April 10th, we'll have the envelopes ready for you for the, for the cause. And um, we're excited about what God does each year through the bountiful offering. Amen. 
And we have the biker weekend coming up uh, in April, so make sure you put that on your calendars. April 23rd and 24th, we've got some special things planned for the biker weekend. So a little uh, fun out of the box. It's pretty normal for the Covingtons over here. <laughs> this is uh, right, right in their wheelhouse. So we're excited about that. I think they're going to go tour your place too, aren't they? So we're... We're going to be awesome. we're going to be happy to have Pastor Garland here and and all the bikers that are part of uh, part of that ministry. All right, are you ready to give to the Lord? Well, this morning, you know, throughout the Bible, we're we are encouraged to give part of our resources to the Lord, aren't we? Anybody know that? You know, it's an expression of our honor and our thankfulness to the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, I kind of uh, grouped this all together with about three versions. So this is a combined scripture. So uh, those of you that are got it all memorized verbatim, this one's not going to work because I mixed this one up with three, three or four different versions. It says, honor the Lord with your income, your possessions, with everything you own, with your wealth. Give him the first and the best. With the first fruits of all your crops and the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will burst, be filled with plenty, and will be filled to overflowing. Amen. And your vats will overflow with new wine. So tithing and giving is one way we worship God, right? Just one way. To honor him as our provider, to remind ourselves that all of our resources, all of our substance, our provision belongs to him and provided through what? His grace. So as we sow and we give our tithes and offerings today, we set the course to honor God in the way we handle our finances. All what's left. You know, God's God, he doesn't keep, he doesn't want us to keep it all, does he? But he, he lets you say, you can, you can have 90%, right? But I don't even think God's limited to 90-10. I think 10 is just the beginning. We've talked about that before. It's just the beginning. Because giving is a heart thing. It's, it's not a rule. It's not a law. It's a heart thing. It helps us remember that God is the source of all of our blessings. Would you agree with that? It demonstrates our thankfulness to him and his care for us. And in the hard times, it motivates us to remember to trust him. How many of you are trusting God with your finances? How many of you are trusting God with something that's going on in your life? We all are. So this morning, we're just going to worship the Lord with our giving. It's our love offering to him of saying, God, we are so thankful that you are our Father God who loves us, who wants to bestow blessings upon us that that we won't have room enough to hold. Amen? So this morning, just stand your feet. And for those of you that are visitors, we just kind of come up and put it in the baskets and just bring it to the Lord that way.
So, Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you this morning for every family that's here today, for all of our visitors and all of our visiting family that's here with us today. God, we honor you with our lives. We honor you with our substance. We honor you, Father, with with what you've blessed us with. Just a portion, Father, to give back to you to say we love you, we thank you, we honor you, we worship you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
I'm going to ask the pastors to come on up, Tom and Linda, if you will, and Jerry and Virginia, if you will. We're going to take a few moments and let's take communion together. How about that? Uh, some of you may not understand the communion elements and what it is. If you guys will take this station here, Shelly and I will take care of Pastor Shelly, if you'll come up and join me. And um, what we're going to do is ask the different sections to come up. And you get communion as a family. I'm going to ask you to take the elements. The It's grape juice and cracker. And we're going to share a little bit about what communion is. But um, feel free to come up as families, and, and we'll distribute the communion. Then we will get together, and we'll all take it together. So um, you guys can come up. You know, a lot of times when you take communion, it can be a very solemn, sad thing. A lot of times it's because of the instructions that we've been given in Corinthians about it. As I was praying about this and I was reading about the account of Jesus, approximately 1,986 years ago, today, in the afternoon, Jesus met two men as they were walking on the road to Emmaus. And as he was walking, Emmaus is only seven miles away from Jerusalem, so I tried to equate it that he was walking like from here to, say, Moreland. And he met those two men, and he was walking with those two men, and they began to talk to him about, haven't you heard what's going on? Didn't you know what happened? And they crucified this king who was going to be the king of Israel, and he died, and, and he didn't come back. And Jesus was talking with the men, and one of them was Cleopas. And as they was talking to him, he began to start sharing the scriptures that were being fulfilled in what Jesus had done. And they were getting ready for evening, and they said, are you going to go on farther? And Jesus was like, yeah, I'm going to go farther. He made it like, the scripture says he made it like he was going farther. And they said, will you come and stay with us? It's getting dark. Why don't you come? Why don't you spend some time with us and have dinner with us? And he had dinner with them. And as I was reading about it, the scripture said that when he broke the bread, that they began to see him for who he was. And I want, to, I want to give you another idea on communion, that as we take this today, I'm not taking it being sad. I'm not taking it being hurtful. I'm not taking it being lowly. I'm taking it in honor of Jesus Christ. And I believe that today, and the Lord shared with me, that as we do this today, some of you, my prayer is that you will see Jesus in a different way. Maybe you saw him before as a hard taskmaster just up there ready to take his staff and strike you. Maybe today that you saw him in a different way, but God is still God. He still heals. He still delivers. He still sets free, and he still saves. And I want you to be able to see Jesus in a new way, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. My prayer is that when we take this communion together, that you will see Jesus in a great new way. John 10.10 says, Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. Do you know that Jesus is not afraid of you having abundant life? He's not afraid of you having peace in the midst of turmoil. He's not afraid of you being calm in the middle of a storm. He's not afraid of you having faith when no one else has faith. 
So I believe that as we break this bread, just like the boys, the guys that were in Emmaus that were walking with Jesus, when they got together and broke the bread, you know what ended up happening after that? After they broke bread with Jesus and he disappeared. (laughs) He disappeared. And then all of a sudden they were like, we got to go back. We got to go tell the disciples because something burned within us. And my prayer is that when we take this communion together, that you'll never be the same. We don't take it every Sunday we gather. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. I want to make sure that, God, my heart is right and that when I take this, I want to see you in a new way today. So if you'll look at the cracker, which is, represents the bread, and some, some, some people say, well, you know, it represents some, and it's a symbol. And then there's some that says, no, it's actually the body of Christ and, and the blood of Christ. Are you with me? I believe both. I believe it's a symbol, but when we take it, it becomes part of us. It becomes real within us. And maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Now's the time. Maybe you can just say, God, forgive me. And he'll come and forgive you and he'll cleanse you. And he'll set things right in your life. My righteousness is not because of what I've done, but what Jesus has done for me. And maybe some of you don't see that. Maybe you think, well, I've got, it's a works mentality. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I do it because I am a son of who I belong to. I do it for my father. I want to live a life holy and acceptable because he is my dad. But there is forgiveness. So as you see that cracker, as you take that cracker, he said, as you do this, remember me. Let's remember him and what he's done for us. Let's do this together. This is grape juice. I serve grape juice. I don't serve real wine because I had an alcohol problem. And this is the juice. It's the fruit of the vine that the Bible talks about. He said, this is the new covenant. Remember we talked about new beginnings? It's a new covenant. The old covenant has been fulfilled, satisfied. It's kind of like when you pay off a car. They give you a note. Boom. And they put paid in full. (laughs) Paid in full. And you can say, that's mine. You have the title deed for that. This is the new covenant that gives us the title deed and access to Jesus. So as we do this, let's remember him. Let's do this together. I'm just going to ask you to take your little cups and pass them to the aisle and the ushers will get those. I'm going to ask my wife to be seated unless she wants to dance with us. I'm going to ask the kids to come on up here this morning. All the kids come on up. Hey, you guys want to dance down here or you want to dance up here? Let's get up here on the stage. I have been so blessed on Wednesday nights to be able to, to, be, able to be with the children and minister to the children. And they have praise and worship. And how many of you know their praise and worship's a little different than ours, right? But we want to celebrate today. And I just... I, I'm, I'm thankful for what God is doing with our kids. But they've got a song that we're going to play, and it's called Down by the River. And they've got some actions that they're going to do this, okay? So how about if we just have some fun, amen? Now, listen, if you want to get up and you want to shake something or you know what I mean, you want to you wanna do it, it's okay to do that, amen? It's okay. It's because God created the dance. 
So we're going to ask the kids, and we're ready. We got the video ready. You guys ready to celebrate? Come on, you guys ready to celebrate? Are you kids ready to do this? Okay, I know. Hey, look, don't look at me because I do it all wrong. But I don't, and nothing beats a failure but a try, amen? But I'm definitely going to try. Mike, you ready? Let's do this. Uh-oh, you going to lead us too? All right. You ready? You guys ready? I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down. Come on, let's have the Lord celebrate some. So, you know, they had the balloons in the back. I said, don't leash them in the back. Loose them out here. You guys go grab a balloon. Listen, stand up to your feet.
We want to pray for you today. Turn to somebody and say, Resurrection Sunday, he's alive. Tell somebody he's alive. Come on. Tell somebody he's alive. Hey, would you do me a favor? Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap for the kids. Would you do that for me? Hallelujah. Listen, you can take a balloon home with you. Listen, do me a favor. Stretch your hands towards the altar here. Father, we thank you for Resurrection Sunday. We thank you we don't serve a dead, a dead God. We serve a God that is risen, that is alive, and lives within us. Father, I thank you for these people here today. Bless the rest of their day this afternoon. And God, let you be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Have an awesome afternoon today and know he is risen. God bless you.